Hi there, this is Alvin and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. Before we dive into today's show, allow me a moment to speak to the elephant in the room. So first off, a big heartfelt thank you to everyone that has checked in on me, uh, whether it be by texting, emailing, phone calls, social media, etc. All is well with me and my family. In fact, our future is quite bright as we are transitioning from Austin, Texas to Fort Worth, Texas this summer to plant a church in 2023. So of course, I know for some of you, I know that this is uh, knowing this bit of information. I've been pressed for time, which is why the blog and the podcast content has slowed over the past you know, couple of months or so. But nevertheless, I plan on resuming uh, consistent content production once we settle in Fort Worth. So thank you all for your compassion and your patience with this process as we move to Fort Worth. And in addition, for those of you who have inquired about giving and supporting this upcoming church plant, Mosaic Church Fort Worth, we are now able to accept giving uh, donations online. And so whether it's a one-time gift or if you choose to partner with us on a monthly basis, please visit mosaicchurchfortworth.com. Again, that's mosaicchurchfortworth.com and click the giving financially button near the bottom of the page. We would definitely appreciate any gift, whether that's one time or whether that's a recurring monthly uh, partnership with us. So again, thank you for all of your support. And now on to today's show with our long-awaited guest and interviewee, Andrew Rosner, the founder and CEO of Media Options, the number one global domain brokerage company, as well as he's also the owner of the Domain Name Authority, DomainSherpa.com. Today, Drew and I discuss the importance of playing to one's strengths as he shares his own downfall dabbling in domain development rather than focusing on domain investing and brokering. We also go back down memory lane and journey from the bottom to the top, if you will, to learn how Drew amassed a portfolio of 1,100 domains, yet he never knew a domain industry even existed. Drew then shares how one phone call from GoDaddy forever changed the trajectory of his life. Drew also highlights how he stair-stepped his way into the domain industry, studying, networking, launching a newsletter, and simply doing what came natural to him, dialing for domain dollars. And last but not least, we talk about what's in the near future for Domain Sherpa, as well as his hot take on digital expansion and its impact on domain names in 2022. So with that, Drew, my man, welcome. And thank you for making time to join us today. I, man, I can't tell you how glad I am finally naked on here. I was starting to feel, uh, <laughs> you know, rejected. Oh, now, Drew, come on, man. Is it really that bad? Was it really? Did I really treat you that bad, man? Oh, man, you know, it's just, you know, I, I thought we were family, you know, it was like, I got you on the podcast, you got some podcasts, I was like, when am I going to be on there? I was starting to feel like, you know, ugly redheaded stepchild or something. <laughs> so for the listeners, if y'all don't know, so I think we had who? Chris Zyker, Tess was on, I think Tess was J on twice, JT, JT on, was on, and Drew hadn't been on. And this is the thing. It was like you were circling the wagons around me. And I was like, oh, okay. He said, what did I do to this guy? What did yeah. I do to him? What do I do to him? But be honest now, I sent you an email. It's true. It is true. It now, is true. I have no idea why that particular email just somehow went through cracks because, like, I get your Kickstart Commerce emails. You know, I get, I don't know. I, this time around, we were communicating. Although, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> is it? Hey, it's the email gremlins, man. The email yeah. gremlins. Well, all's well that ends well, and here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And so, man. So, Drew, with that, man, I tell you what. Give our listeners, people who don't know you, I don't know yep. where they've been and why they wouldn't know you. <laughs> but hey, listen, you know, people have. It, it, there are new people in the industry. I'll just say that. That being said, though, give our listeners a bit of a high level about who you are, personal, professional background, man. 
yeah, Drew Rosner, you know, uh, founder, CEO, Media Options, DomainX, uh, also publisher of DomainSherpa.com, the, the, another domain name industry uh, podcast. Uh, you know, I wear a lot of hats. You know, I've got an NFT business, Ape in Productions, in partnership with Timberland. We've got, you know, Gondrepreneur.com, which is a uh, cannabis B2B uh, media platform. And, uh, you know, in a variety of other little things that do a lot of angel investing, you know, been in crypto for uh, uh, 10 years now. So I wear a lot of hats. My background, you know, I got into the domain space just sort of because I'm hyperactive. And every time I had an idea, <laughs> I'd buy a domain for it, you know, kind of like a lot of us. Uh, that started back in 96, 97. And then the late I didn't 1900s. actually. Yeah. I didn't actually turn it into a business until like, Oh four, probably about oh four, and wow. then I didn't go full time until two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, I went full time into domains. That's the point at which I started my domain brokerage business, MediaOptions.com. Media Options went on to become the number one domain broker in the world. We've held that position for I don't know five or six years now. We so, uh, we sell a lot of domains. So Drew, what were you doing then before two thousand eight? Before you well, were slinging so I, domains and all that, I, I was slinging dead fish, man. I was a fishmonger. I, I Wait, was, uh, you know, yeah, I was import, export, dead fish, frozen fish, <laughs> you know, in bulk. You know what I mean? Like container loads. We were importing it from Peru. Uh, so we were the biggest importer from Peru of scallops. We were the largest importer from Japan of scallops. Uh, you know, we imported a lot from China, Philippines, Thailand. You know, we were imported from Chile, Mexico. Uh, you know, you name it, man. We were all over the place. And then, you know, we process it in the U.S., refreeze it, ship ship it back out the door. We were supplying, you know, U.S. food service, Cisco, cruise ships. You know, we were supplying Benihana restaurant. My main client, my biggest, you know, I, I was making good paper, man. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I was 20, you know, 20, what is see? I, I left 2008. You know, I, between, let's say, 23 and 20, uh, 28 years old, you know, I was making three, three fifty a year, you know, 300,000, 300,000 a year, some dead fish. but you know, look, I mean, you know me, man, Bro. I you give it to me. I'll sell it. You know what I'm saying? Bro. Like, so wait, I was Drew. selling a lot. It wasn't just like a little bit. I was selling a lot. Drew, and, Drew, uh, wait. So you went to, wait, did you go to school for this or did? No, 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 no. There's nothing in my life that happened. On <laughs> Everything in my life happened by accident. And I mean that. Oh my um, gosh. So no, I went to school for uh, um, management information systems. So I got a bachelor of science in, uh, you know, basically it was like database design. Basically at that time, somebody told me that the best paid job was the guy in the middle between the guy that could program and the guy that had a business and need to get programmed. And the guy that could translate between those two, that was the best paid job in the world right then. And that was, you know, this was me graduating high school in the night, you know, mid nineties. And it was like, you want to get paid? This is what you go do. And I was like, all right, that's where I'm going to get paid. I'm going to go get a degree in that. So I did that. And then I launched a little software business with my buddy Parker to this day, one of my best friends, you know, we launched this little business. We were doing software for uh blue collar businesses. So we were out in, uh, he lived in East Hampton. That's where he came from. So, you know, we went out there and we, we, you know, he had some connects. And so we got hooked up with like a big HVAC company. We got hooked up with a big pool service company. I think it was the biggest pool servicing company in, in all of Long Island. You know, they were out there servicing all these mansions. We got hooked up with a, a, a big nursery. It was the biggest nursery in Long Island. And we built them, you know, software that would like, you know, manage inventory, manage people, manage, you know, d d databases. But, you know, this is back before you could buy off the shelf software for your business. Right. And so we do this. We had a couple of deals. They went, you know, they went well, you know, I mean, relatively speaking, we were, in, we were still in college. You know what I'm saying? We were still in college. And we had the dean of the, uh, of, of the school, the dean of the, uh, uh, the MS, uh, or I, I forget. MIS which program? Yeah. CIS he, he, program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was literally on our payroll. And so he was doing all the programming <laughs> for me because I didn't really like doing the programming. And so that was cool. Got an A in that class. And then... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so, you know, we did a couple of these things and then, it, you know, basically the summer, 
No, it was before that. It was like the winter, actually, before we graduated. Basically, I came to the conclusion that this was not what I wanted to be doing with my life. And so it was like, all right, well, I just spent four years getting a degree in this. I definitely came to the conclusion that it's not what I want to do with my life, which, by the way, just in a, a short segue here, <laughs> uh, I highly recommend to people way more important than figuring out what you want to do with your life is the faster you can figure out what you don't want to do with your exactly. life, the better. Like, exactly. Way more valuable. Like It's real hard to figure out exactly what you want to do with your life, but it gets a lot easier if you can start eliminating the things that you're absolutely sure you don't want to do. So anyway, even if, even if you're making money, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So anyway, so I graduated college and here I am, you know, with a degree in something that I had no desire to go pursue. And so I really was kind of like, all right, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, um, you know, this guy, Peter Murky, who also one of my closest friends in the world, my mentor, you know, almost like a second father to me, you know, he's this old hippie, you know, (laughs) Stanford grad, brilliant, brilliant man. So anyways, uh, you know, I go, he calls, he calls my school and he's like, I'm looking for a mini me, you know, I want to train somebody that doesn't have any idea about my business, but I want to, you know, that they need to be entrepreneurial, you know, they need to be able to sell. And so the Dean of the school was like, Oh, I got the guy for you. So he puts me in touch with Peter. Peter's like, you know, you want a job where, you know, selling scallops. And I was like, are you kidding me? Go pound sand. And he's wow. like, look, you know, come down to my office. I'll pay you a thousand bucks. Come hang out for the day. Shadow me. See what, see what it's all about. You know, we're not in here shoveling scallops, you know, and, and seafood. It's, you know, it's a, you know, we got a nice little office downtown Newport, Rhode Island, beautiful little spot, you know, come check it out. And I was like, all right, thousand bucks, hang out with the day. You know, I'm in. So I roll up, I got my suit on, I got my tie, I got a little briefcase. <laughs> I roll up to this guy's office. I walk in, you know, he got a secretary. She says, you know, go in. I go in there. I walk in this office. Dude's got his feet up on the table. He's hitting the bong. Guy's taking a giant bong hit. As I walk into the room, he's blown out a bong hit. And he just looks at me and he's like, first thing he says, if you ever come in my office in a suit again, you'll never come in my office again. Wow. And, uh, and I was like, all right, bong hit, telling me not to wear a suit. I'm in. Like, you and I, <laughs> I was like, you and I, we're going to get along just fine. Anyway, so I spent the day with the guy, made a thousand bucks. I was like, this guy's cool. I've never met anybody like him. He's crazy. So yeah, but then you I came mean, back the next day. I mean, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I came back the next day, but then he was like, all right, here's his book. Here's his book called uh, Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Hmm. And he says, you can't work here until you've read it. And so if you guys don't know what Atlas Shrugged is, it's to this day, it's like my Bible. <laughs> it's, you know, I think it's the ultra libertarian, I don't know, utopian. It's a guide, guide to live by. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it creates this utopia. It basically paints a picture of the world we're in right now and what's wrong with it, except that this was written 70, 80 years ago now. So it's pretty amazing to see how well she predicted the, you know, the events of today. You know, it basically just paints a picture of, look, when the bureaucrats and the people who want things start taking control and bossing around the people who make things, you know, the world Bad goes things shit. happen. Bad <laughs> things happen, and they happen quick, too. And then what happens is, oh, we're going to start taxing you, you know, to your last penny. We're going to start telling you how to run your business. We're going to start telling you who you can hire and who you can't. And then what happens is the people, people start leaving make, the country. <laughs> they start leaving. They're like, yeah, I, you know, you can have that in a ham sandwich, but I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like, so anyways, he's like, look, don't even come bother coming back to the office till you read this. So I went home. I took about five days. This is a 1200 or so page book. You know, so I took about five, five days or so, read the book, came back in, guy straight up. It was like a, it was like being back in school. Gave me like a book quiz. He was like, you know, asking me all his questions. And he's like, all right, this will work. And, you know, that's it. Got my desk, got a computer, got a phone. And I just started dialing for dollars. You know, I already knew I was good at, you know, I was just good at talking. I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'm a chameleon. I can get along with anybody. I can figure out a way to relate to almost anybody, you know, figure out some way to connect with everybody. And so, you know, 
I, what I figured out quickly was like, I can do this and everybody else is doing it is not like me. They're all like, they're all coming. They're probably, you know, multi-generational in the seafood business. Uh, and so, you know, I brought something new that made up for the fact that I didn't have any, you know, product knowledge or, or experience in this space. I was this, you know, young punk kid, yeah. you know, thought you didn't know, everything. you didn't know what you didn't know. Like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, uh, so anyways, I just started dialing for dollars. Turned out I was selling a lot of scholars and, uh, you know, took this guy's business from being about an $8 million business, uh, when I started to $35 million business. Did you know that at the time? No, true. Like, did you, like, was there any inkling of like, I mean, you know, that you're making sales obviously. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times like you, in most cases, most people don't realize things until they look back. Obviously, 2020 is, you know, you, yeah. you get a lot of clarity. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and no pun intended for the actual year of 2020 because it brought a lot of clarity to a lot of people. <laughs> but that being said, though, like, did you realize that you were as good as you were when you were in the process of selling scallops? Or was it just like, no, nah, I'm just trying to, you, you know, stay on this guy's good side, make sales? No. For the first few years, let's say the first, you know, I was there for eight years. The first three years, four, you know, probably the first three years, four years, maybe, you know, I knew I was making money. I was making more money than any of my friends were making. You got to keep in mind, I'm an ambitious person and, 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 you know, to an obnoxious uh, point. (laughs) And like, so, you know, like I remember probably the last semester in college and we're all trying to figure out what our, you know, where all, everybody's applying for jobs. Everybody's trying to figure out what they're going to do. You know, all my friends were kind of like going into finance. I went to University of Rhode Island, not a particularly great school, not a particularly awful school, but it was just state school. That was, the, right. you know, I grew up from Rhode Island, it was state school. And so all my friends, though, were mostly from New York, New Jersey, for whatever reason, lots of New York, you know, all the like, I don't know, tier two, tier three students from New York and New Jersey, they get sent up to Rhode Island. So, uh, <laughs> so, Anyways, a lot of my friends were from New York and New Jersey. You know, basically 100% of them, even the girls, were all going to go into finance. And so, you know, I, I, I basically, in my mind, before Peter Berkey called, it was like, all right, I'm not going to be in this database thing. You know, I love money. I love making money. You know, I was already doing a little stock trading in college. I was, you know, uh, and so I was like, all right, I'll probably just go into finance, right? And I, you know, I remember I was applying with American Express. I was applying with Citibank and, you know, like different, different spots at Bank of America. And so like, you know, I was like, oh, I'll probably end up in some, some element of finance or something, right? And so, you know, we're all like competing about, you know, oh, how, much <laughs> you think, how much you think you're going to make in your first year? Right. And, and, you know, at that time, average salary, if you went into finance or whatever, so something with a, you know, comparable degree or whatever, you know, <laughs> people were making like, you know, 40 to 60 grand. Right. And right. I was like, I'm not doing a job unless I can make 80 grand. And I remember <laughs> I had like a blowout, you know, Parker was like, man, you're tripping. There's no way you're making 80 grand. You got you tripping. You know, my, my other two friends, the Decker brothers, they were twin brothers. Uh, you know, both clever, both smart, hardworking guys, you know, they came from New Jersey. The, the finance was, you know, that was clear that that's where they were going to go. And they were like, ah, you're out of your freaking mind. Who the hell do you think you are? And I was like, ah, I don't know. And all I know is a couple months later, man, I was out, you know, slinging scallops. And not only did I make my 80, but I think I pulled in like 120 in the first year. Oh, and yeah. You know, my base salary, by the way, my base salary was only $28,000. I had a $28,000 base salary. And then I had a, I don't remember exactly what my commission deal was, but it was a great deal. It, to the point where after like two years, dude was like, you know, look, I'm glad I motivated you, but the house needs to make some more money. So, you know, we're, we're going to have we gotta, to rearrange that. We got to restructure this. We got to restructure yeah, yeah, agreement yeah, yeah, going yeah, on yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, but then, you know, basically the whole point of him hiring me was he was going to retire. So I kind of took over the business, at least like, you know, we had this woman who, you know, kind of ran the administrative side of the business, right. but I took over like the buying and the selling and the, uh, side of the business, you know, we grew that thing and, and it was a great ride. Uh, right. and then, you know, at some point it was like, you know, a co- couple things happened kind of all at the same time. So one was my wife, uh, who's German. And uh, we had gotten married while I was working there. 
And, you know, when we got married, she was living in Germany. That's a whole longer story that, that, that you get into another day. But like she was in Germany. I was in the U.S. We were playing international love affair for two years. Yeah. And so, you know, I proposed. She accepted. We got married. She told me, look, I'll give you, you know, four years in the U.S. And then that's it. We're out. So basically my clock ran up with my wife. Right. And then uh, 2008 hit. Everybody's depressed. Everybody's telling you about losing a job. Everybody's telling you about the business going on. You know, it was just right. bad news everywhere, right? And so, uh, it was also a very cold, horrible winter in Rhode Island or in the whole Northeast. And so, we were like, "All right, we're out." And then the third thing that happened was that I actually started to make a little money from these domains. And so, wait, Drew. So you were just buying stuff, but you weren't really in the industry. I didn't even know there was an industry. I literally, I literally didn't even know there was an industry. I didn't know there was anybody in the world that was doing this full time. I didn't know there was anybody in that world. I didn't even know there was like a secondary market. I just thought, you know, you buy these things, you build them into businesses or, you know, once in a while, maybe somebody comes along and wants it more than you do. But I, I didn't know any, literally nothing. I didn't know. I didn't even know there was GoDaddy auctions. I didn't know nothing. So how many did you have at that time? Like that you had just purchased uh, because you got a good idea or something. I had about a thousand domains at that time. Wait, hold on, bro. Listen, some people enter into this. You know, I got 20, 30 names. A thousand, Drew? Yeah, I had a thousand names. I had about 1,100 names. I know that because one day what changed the game was one day I'm on my way up to my buddy's house in New York. He's got this big old farm. And we're driving up there. I'm with my wife. I get a phone call from GoDaddy and it's Tess Diaz and Tess Diaz says, hi, I'm, you know, from GoDaddy. I'm a, 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 you know, executive accounts manager or whatever the hell it was called at that time. And she says, we've created this new department called, you know, executive accounts. And, you know, we're calling all our customers that own more than a thousand domains to find out what are you doing with them and can we help? So I, you know, I, I started rapping with Tess and she's telling me, She's like, what do you mean you don't know if there's an industry? I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, she's like, well, why do you have all these domains? I was like, I don't know. Every time I have an idea, I buy a domain for it. And so she's like, all right, well, you know, you should read this and read that. She's sending me links. She's like, you know, there's these expired domain auctions on Mamejet and Snap Names and, you know, GoDaddy and Uh-oh. all this shit. And I was like, Uh-oh. oh, hello. So, Uh-oh. you know. The next few months, man, I went down the rabbit hole of learning about this domain industry. I got up on the forums, caused, you know, havoc up in the forums. And uh, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. No, this is back before anybody even knew who I was. Right? And so oh, I was just like asking stupid questions. You know, you know, I didn't know nothing. Man, they said you was on there fighting people, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember shortly after that, you know, like I, I got turned on to Shane Coulter and he, he had this blog, you know, same as what it is today, just telling people what the, you know, what right. domains were expiring. And I remember emailing him being like, hey, dude, you're such a douchebag. You're messing up these deals for me. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm, I'm sp- here I am spending hours trying to find <laughs> these great domains that are expiring. And then I got you telling the whole world about it. And so instead of me grabbing this domain for $69, oh, I was like, you're costing me money, man. Oh, and uh, so anyways, yeah. So that's, that's, how I, that's how I found out that there was this industry. And I started learning about it. I started buying domains on the expired auctions. I, you know, next thing I knew, I went to a, a traffic conference. You know, and it was just like, oh, wow, this is, a, this is the real thing. And so that's when I got the confidence to say, like, all right, look, world's going to hell. You know, uh, oh, the other thing that happened was my boss's son, who was really a, a complete degenerate, you know, he came <laughs> he came into the business. And look, I don't blame uh, nobody because, you know, look, father's son is just a different thing. Right. And so, he, my, you know, you just could see that yeah, Peter you, had ambitions of having this kid take over the business. Right. I wasn't having any of that. You know, it was like. Tea leaves changed. Yeah, you ain't gonna eat my lunch, and yeah. I ain't gonna, I, and I ain't gonna make your lunch either. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so it was all good timing. All these different things happened at the same time, and it was all right. Peace out. We went on a world tour, trying to figure out where we were gonna go live. But the number one thing was like, look, it's not gonna be twelve. It's it's gonna be either, you know, between twelve degrees north and twelve degrees south of the equator. We're yeah. not going outside of that. We're going we're going somewhere <laughs> warm. 
And so, you know, we landed in Panama, spent 10 years there, right. built this business. And, uh, you know, four years ago, we moved to Portugal. That's it. Here's the question, though. Now, you said that Tess had called and y'all that kind of opened that door before Tess called. You have a thousand domains. Had you sold any of those domains? Yeah, I sold a few. Yep. But I'm assuming that 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 wasn't um, that wasn't outbound. That was all inbound. Yeah, yeah all inbound. And, um, and, and it never for, but it never not for like big money. Like I didn't have I didn't have like any anchor to say like, oh, what is this domain work? Ah. You know, it was literally just like, you know, I don't so an know. Offer, offer came in and did you immediately accept or did you? I mean, a part of me says the negotiator. I, I don't even remember, would, to be honest. Yeah, I wow. probably didn't. I probably didn't just accept. I mean. So then how did you stair step your way into becoming the number one brokerage in the industry? All right, so like, so wait, what happened after that call with Tess is I spent weeks, months just learning everything. I mean, I probably went back. And read, you know, DN Forum at that time was the, the spot. Right. I probably read every post that was ever posted and written in there. And, um, uh, you know, basically, yeah, I mean, I just learned. And I just learned about all the different things to, to, to start valuing these things. And right. the different people that were really making big sales. And, you know, I, I became a huge fan of Frank Schilling and started following what he was doing. And, you know picking his brain at, at, uh, you know, some of the conferences, Richard Lau, uh, became a great resource, uh, uh, for me. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, Michael Birkins, uh, Steve Kaziev, um, uh, you know, a bunch of people I just made friends with early and started talking to about, you know, what this thing was all about. But what happened was once I got turned on to the expired domain auctions, you know, I went wild. And so, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I what I realized very quickly was this is a cash intensive business if you right. want to do it right, right? Like, you know, you got to lay out cash and that cash isn't going to come back to you for years in most cases. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, okay, this was cool when it was like a little hobby. I have an idea, register a domain, like I can do that all day. Right. Know? But once I got into the game of, oh, wait, there's really good domains expiring all the time, every day. It's like, oh, wow, I need, you know, I need a. a, a <laughs> I got to plan this out. <laughs> yeah, I need a sugar mama or something. Right? <laughs> and so, so anyway, so, so what I did is, you know, I basically was like, all right, look, we're going to leave, you know, US. I'm going to quit my job. And this domain thing has legs, but the only way that I can turn it into a business that's sustainable where I have any sort of feeling around constant cash flow mm-hmm. is uh you know if I start proactively selling domains. Uh, and so you know basically it started with me trying to sell my own names. I didn't have a lot of great names at that time. And so it was like, all right, let me try and sell some other people's names because there was really nobody doing end user domain sales at that time. You know, basically the main dude was Rick Latona and uh, Toby Clements was working for Rick at that time, mm-hmm. you know, but they were really 90% focused on selling domains uh, to other domain investors. So gotcha. you had, you know, basically taking names, you know, you had the small fish who were willing to go out and do the hustle, find these names and then selling them to the big fish who had more money than time. Right. And so right. that was the hustle. And that was a big hustle. I mean, Rick had a great business at the time. And then uh, basically, uh, you know, the, the, the brokerage business slowly started to build. Mm. Once I started to make a few sales for a few of the, the people who had, you know, good portfolios in the business. Right. You know, everybody's looking for liquidity in this business, right? A little less so today than back then. But at that time, man, there was no liquidity in the market. And so, it, you know, Anybody who could offer liquidity, you were everybody's best friend. So once word spread that, you know, all right, this dude can actually sell, uh, a lot of people started contacting me. Uh, then I launched a newsletter, you know, so that's that that helped. And that you probably know, sped just, things up too, I would imagine. Yeah, a little bit. Well, basically it added a different dimension. So I started to do, you know, I got the, the newsletter idea came from Rick. I mean, literally I was just copycatting Rick's newsletter and it was like, ah, I'm going to do my own newsletter. So, you know, that was basically my wholesale business. And then my end user business was me 
literally just dialing for dollars, just like I was doing with scallops. I didn't know any better. Right. Wow. I, I don't, I don't even know what anybody else was doing. I just knew that. You did what I had natural. I did what I did when I, I did what I was told to do when I entered the fish business. And it was like, all right, this domain is related to cars. Let me get a database of all the people in the business, get a phone number, dial for dollars. Don't take no for an answer. You know, very, those are the basic principles. Start hustling and, uh, you know, took about, you know, in the first year, we lost, you know, basically when I left, I want to say I had, I had about $300,000 set aside in savings. Okay. And when I left the U.S. and I moved to Panama, no, it was less. It was 120000 is what it was. I had 120000 and I had about 200000 or you know 150000 in, in domains that I had already bought. You know, it was like, all right, you know, we got enough to go for one year. Right. And let's see what happens. Know, let's see what happens. You know, we lost money for probably <laughs> seven or eight months. And then all of a sudden we started making money. And so I think we broke even more or less that year. What and that was it. Uh, momentum, you know what I mean? You got to build a pipeline. That's what it doesn't matter what you're selling. You need a pipeline, right? And so the more time you put into building that pipeline, things just start falling out the end of the pipeline. You know what I mean? Ah. Like that's the key, man. It's just build that pipeline. You know what I mean? Have a lot of leads teed up. Keep right. it. Just keep, keep pushing. And so then, then, you know, you hit a tipping point where enough of those things just consistently start falling out the other end of the pipe. So then, Drew, let me ask you this then. So in terms of, because obviously there are a different class of, of folks that are likely listening. You you have people who are investors. You have people who are brokers. You have people who are developers. Did you ever dabble in that development arena? Ooh. Oh, I tried, man. I, I <laughs> Listen, I, I got burned every time I put my hands on, the, on you know, I, yeah. Yeah, so I got how many? So how many different projects have you attempted to develop? A bunch. A bunch. Because one that came to mind for me, and I was like, does he still have spearfishing? No, we shut it down. You shut, shut it down. down. I still have spearfishing.com. I still have spearguns.com. But yeah, that was the one we really made a go of. Uh, you know, we had a full-on business. We had a drop shipper. We had the whole thing going. Uh, but it was just too much work for not enough reward. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah. I, look. One thing I've learned is that, you know, you just got to play to your strengths, figure out Ah. who you are and don't try to be anything else. I'm not a developer. I don't like managing people. I don't like managing projects. I don't like managing basically anything. I don't even like managing money. I just like making money. I like making deals. I like to negotiate. I like to buy. I like to sell. That's it. That's it. That's all I want to do. I'm good at it. I'm good on the buy. I'm good on the sell. I don't want to do anything beyond that. Wow. Wow. So, and, and so I guess in looking forward then now, you know, you look and say, okay, it, NFT, it's mm-hmm. almost one. And I mean, I look and say you started it with fish, um, mm-hmm. which then you go to the domains and now you go to NFTs, which I mean, they're all different yet. They're the same, right? So everything's the same. It, it look, if you are, if you're coming from a, the lens of, uh, of sales, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. the principles are the same. Yeah. It's just buy low, sell high. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's all it is. Right. Figure out what do people want and why. Right. And then give now, it to them. Now, do you ever see yourself? Cause obviously you, you left, you left the whole fish mongering thing behind, which by the way, Drew, when you said fish mongering, that made me think of uh, what is it, Pike's Market there yeah. in Seattle. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, I was literally thinking you were slinging fish, not realizing no, you were on the phone dialing up people, yeah, selling bulk, um, yes. and not necessarily the dude that's in there throwing fish from, yeah, from one yeah, side yeah, of the yeah. market I, to the other. I, I wasn't giving you your salmon for dinner. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he's like, I was feeding your country, but but not specifically you. Interesting. So then. Do you ever see yourself leaving domains behind like you did with with the fish or no? I mean, look, we've got a pretty big portfolio of very valuable domains today. I I, I think um, I don't think I would I could ever leave domains. I don't think that's like (laughs) he's like, that ain't a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, could I end up doing something else? Sure. I I Mm. don't have any plans of doing that today. 
Um, I don't really know what else I would do. You know, like I've dabbled in other things. Right. And I'm always, look, I, I, I'm not tied to anything. Like you show me a better, you know, you show me a greener pasture, I'll come and eat the grass. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I don't, uh, I'm not opposed, but the truth is, is I, I honestly have never found an industry that's more interesting that has higher potential. Like I just, I love domains, man, because, you know, particularly in my role every single day, you know, look, and obviously this has evolved over time. You know, if, if we're going back to the days that we, I was just describing, I was hustling, trying to sell more or right. less shitty or mediocre domains. You know what I mean? I wasn't talking to big companies. I wasn't talking to big, important people. I was just trying to sell, you know, 5,000 to $50,000 domains to the mom and pop yeah. businesses and mid-sized companies. But, you know, today, we're the number one domain broker in the world. My customers are the most important companies in the world, the fastest growing startups in the world, the most, uh, you know, venture backed startups in the world. And, and so, they're coming to you. And they're coming mostly to us. And so for the most part, um, you know, the people I talk to on a daily basis are some of the most interesting people in the world. They're people that are just doing interesting stuff. Like I'm learning about industries I would have never even thought of, mm. you know, on a regular basis, every day is different. You know what I mean? Every day is the same, but every day is different because I'm talking to people doing different things with different perspectives, different parts of the world. And so, you know, I get a lot of diversity for lack of a better word, you know, in my work day, I, I, right. I got constantly just interesting topics and people to keep me, you know, to keep me interested in like, I don't know what other industry I could be in and do that. Right. And so what is a typical day? What's a typical day for Drew? Like everybody's like, ah, Drew's making money. He's on the beach. He's living the life. Oh man, anything but anything, but I promise (laughs) you I'm still working harder than I don't, I don't know. Chris probably outdoes me. He's a beast. Chris is just an absolute beast. Chris Zyker, my lead broker, but I don't think there's anybody else in the industry working harder than I am. I really don't. I, I, I'm putting it in, man. I'm, I'm at this desk at 8 a.m. every morning. And, uh, you know, I put in. Most people 11, say you only put in three hours, four hours. Nah, hours. I'm, I'm putting in 11 or 12 hours every day. Wow. Um, maybe, so, so when you, you say know, putting in, are like going through emails, making phone calls? Yeah, I mean, calls. look, I don't take a lunch break. I take, you know, every other week I might go have a lunch with my boy Yanni or you know, one yeah. of my other friends, but that's it, man. I, I don't get up. I sit down at this desk for 8 a.m. I don't get up except to take a piss, like make a coffee. Like <laughs> that's it. Uh, I'm doing so basically first three, two or three hours of my day. Uh, Mondays are different. Mondays, I do a lot of administrative stuff. I don't schedule calls. I don't schedule anything uh, unless it's like really high priority. But uh, Mondays are different. Uh, but every other day, I'm basically doing two or three hours in the morning is just email, just crushing my inbox. I get over 2000 emails a day. So it's, uh, it's heavy. It's heavy lifting. He just didn't get my emails. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so for, yeah, first two or three hours is just email, you know, and then I'll, 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 uh, do a lot of web stuff. You know, basically I could go from research, domain searches, going through the auctions, going through lists, going through, um, uh, you know, doing some administrative stuff like contracts. Right. Um, you know, I got stacks of papers that I, you know, I'll go through, you know, to-do lists and stuff. And then uh, because I'm in Portugal, I'm five hours ahead of the East Coast, eight hours ahead of the West Coast. And so usually around two o'clock in the afternoon is when I'll start having phone calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so usually my afternoons are pretty much scheduled out with, you know, back-to-back calls, team meetings between the various companies that I run. You know, most of my time is spent, you know, 85% of my time is spent on uh, domain X, maybe options, let's say in the domain space. And then, you know, and the rest could be spread between other things. You know, I have some advisory roles and uh, board roles and, you know, a few different companies I run. So, but yeah, afternoons are pretty much, you know, sales calls, meetings, onboarding calls, stuff like that. Gotcha. Well, then, and and somewhere in the mix of that, you also have Sherpa. Yeah, and then we got to record. You know, basically twice a week, I'm recording a podcast for Domain Sherpa and for uh, 
uh, now for A-Pin. So then, true. like, one last question then in terms of this, and this is, like, really interesting because, obviously, you said, hey, you you haven't had too much of a, a success or, uh, I guess you say, good track record de- developing domains. Like, yeah. why on earth would you buy Domain Sherpa then? Two reasons. I mean, it was really straightforward. Uh, number one, uh, I was the I was the the uh, most frequent guest on Domain Sherpa at that time, uh-huh. um, and so I didn't really want anybody else owning that content. It'd be like and we so, gonna take Andrew out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just you know that was like important content. It, you know, it drove a lot of leads to me. Um, you know, it was kind of also you know it's not a personal legacy type of thing. It's like right. That's the place where I've spit out all my ideas over the mm. years. You know what I mean? Like for the last, however, I don't know how many years it is now, but like, right, probably it's like almost ten, right? Probably ten or twelve years, right? Since that started, and um, you know, I, I've expressed all my views, all my theories, all my ideas, all my, you know, it, it's sort of that's my record. You know what I mean? That's that wow. that is my record. So um, I didn't want anybody else to have it. And um, that was my first and foremost reason. And then secondly is, again, I saw it. I've seen it with my own eyes. Like it's a phenomenal lead generation tool. It drives people uh, to you, uh, you know, for our brokerage business. And it also set me apart because, um, you know, I get on the phone with somebody who needs looking for a broker. They get on the phone with maybe three or four other brokers. Mm. They don't see faces. Right. They don't get to hear us really speak other than what we're saying to them, which is, you know, take with a grain of salt because, you know, we're all trying to close. Right. And uh, but then they go, they Google us. They find right away Domain Sherpa. They see my videos. They're like, oh, this guy actually might know what he's talking about. They put a face to a name. And that gives me a little advantage. Right. And so um, I saw it as a strong lead gen tool. I didn't want anybody else owning it. And so I was like, all right, Mike, let's make a deal. Wow. And here we are. Here we and are. Here we are. And, and here we are with uh you still got the Sherpa review. What yep. else? It's like down the what is well, it? Well, we got down the rabbit hole. Yeah, down is, the rabbit is, hole. Is sort of the expansion of domain Sherpa that we added, which is you know, started out, you know, with uh crypto, you know, sort of looking at that market just because of a lot of our audience also crosses over into the into that space. And then, you know, when the NFT boom started. You know, we we started doing it more frequently and really with a heavy focus on NFTs. And um, uh, you know, now we've started an ape in radio right. uh podcast. Uh and so we'll probably start doing less of the down the rabbit holes. Start shifting those towards ape in. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, got it. Well then closing out this show. I mean, true. So here it is. We're at the beginning of 2022. Like, where do you see the industry going? What would be Drew's advice uh, for, for somebody that's in this industry that, trying to either get started or even trying to level up, go into that next level? Like, what would you tell them knowing everything that's globally going on? Like, what is Drew's advice in terms of buying, selling domain names? Yeah, I mean, uh, I posted on Twitter the other day. I, I really, I fundamentally believe domains continue to be one of the, if not the single best asset class on earth, particularly given the circumstances that we're in right now where, you know, look, the one thing I know for certain is that digital expansion is not going away. Yep. It's only accelerating. It is the greatest network effect on the planet. And so, um, I, you know, I don't care what you're going to do on the internet. It starts with the domain. And so I, you know, a, a, and all the way up the food chain from, you know, an entry level domain to the best one word.com in the world, a, supply is shrinking, demand is increasing. So I continue to put my money there. I love domains. Uh, and, uh, I, I just think that, you know, it's a massive opportunity. And I think that as a space, we're evolving. Uh, I think we finally kind of hit our tipping point where, you know, Rick Schwartz had his 20-year plan. You know, it was probably started two years ago, three years ago was, right. was, was when he hit that 20-year tipping point. And I think he's about right. I think, you know, we're, we're seeing maturity in the industry. We're seeing consolidation in the industry. It's getting harder to be, you know, to enter just because the margins aren't, you know, you got to pay more to get a good domain. And, you know, 
so that margin between what you can get it for and what you can sell it for is getting squeezed, but it's still a better margin than you're going to find in almost any other business. Mm. And so, uh, you know, uh, we, uh, 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 shout out to Rally Road. You know, we, we worked for years getting uh, 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 domains approved with the SEC with Rally Road to take domains public on Rally Road. I think that is a very big evolution for our industry. You know, and that's fractional taking, ownership, right? That's fractional ownership, but really, truly SEC, fully, you know, public market, like yeah, fully you know, vetted, actual, fully... Equ- yeah, actual equity, right? So. Yeah. I think that's a pretty exciting thing. I think that's going to offer an opportunity for a lot of people who just want to come into the market, you know, don't have the time to do it full time, don't have the time to really educate themselves about what's good, what's not, how to get into this market. There's a, you know, a platform where you can get shares of domains that have been curated by experts. I, I, uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty proud that, that we accomplished that this year. So I think that's going to also help this market. It's going to help with validating pricing, validating liquidity, bringing more liquidity, bringing in more people and more visibility to the market. Mm. Um, so I think that's, yeah, I think that's a big, big step. So then Drew, I, let me ask you this. So in, in terms of those that are, that are like, we look at these um, expiring auctions and now, you know, and I know from a decade ago, prices yeah. are drastically changing. Um, oh, yeah. So how does someone jump the shark, so to say, to get into this, knowing that, I mean, names that we would have probably paid, you know, 100 to $175 for, now they're going for thousands um, just at expiring. So, like, how, how, how does somebody get jump into that or do they? I, I, it's hard. I mean, you, you know, I think, um, I, you know, I think it's basically like finance. The best thing you can do is, you know. First off, obviously learn, right? So listen right. to this podcast, listen to Domain Sherpa, read, you know, Domain Name Wire, read DN Journal, read DomainInvesting.com, read all the different blogs, you know, more importantly, follow the DN Journal sales list and see what's selling, go to Name Bio, see what's selling, you know, and then, you know, the best thing you can do is take a little spreadsheet and say, all right, here's a domain that's in the expired auctions. I, I would buy this domain at this price, right? And you mark it down here, xyz.com. Here's the price it sold for. You track it, see what happens. You know what I mean? You see if you were right. right. You know, is that domain going to go up? It's going to go down. You know, it's hard because sometimes these things aren't turning over for years. But right. I think, you know, um, even if you're just guessing, all right, this is what I think it's going to sell for in this auction, you know, and trying to, trying to uh, uh, basically... Yeah, you're you honing know. that skill set for pricing. Exactly. That's it. And that's the most important thing is understand what's the domain work. You know, if you understand that, you know, that's a superpower. So, you know, it's hard. I mean, it's just, I think that the, the, the you know, the table stakes right. are higher now, right? You know, yeah. but many would say, many would say though, Drew, they're like, oh, well, I can't get in. Well, I'm just going to start hand regging names. I'm the yeah. wrong guy to talk about that just because <laughs> it's that's not my game. I've adamantly been against that game for years. <laughs> I haven't had any success with it. So, um, but said, are, and next question. <laughs> yeah, and there, but there are people that, that make a go of it and they make right. money. Right. I just it's not my game. I will say I will say this. It it is to me if you're, I would lean more towards a person buying an expired name than I would a hand reg name because it's easy. It's more dangerous, more risky from mm-hmm. a financial sense of going out and just registering, 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 registering versus at least- yeah, There's no social proof. Right, right. At least if you're bidding against other people, uh, at least, and I say other people, meaning more than two or three people in a bid, an auction rather, um, if you have five to six, maybe seven folks on an auction, at least you know there are six other people interested, five other people yep. interested in this thing versus the other way around of, well, I only have- you know, money to to buy eight, nine dollar, ten dollar domains. I mean, like, hey, you rack up on a thousand of those. That is really, really risky when you could have, you know, purchased maybe three or maybe one good domain that, you know, hey, definitely has a resale in the next 18 to, you know, 24 months. A hundred percent. And people, a lot of people just forget. They think, oh, I, in nine bucks, I'm going to register that. Well, you know, like lottery you say, ticket. you know, you got to pay nine bucks next year, too. Yep. You know, like 
And so you start collecting hundreds of these things and, you know, now you're carrying a liability. Exactly. Exactly. Well, awesome, man. Was there anything else that you want to share? Anything else that you got going on that you want to bring up? Share with the people? No, man. I'm glad we finally connected and got this done. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Hope I can do it again. You know, that's it. Awesome, man. Well, we certainly appreciate appreciate it. it. Yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate uh, all that you do for the industry, man. And and seriously, man, thanks for stepping up to – uh, by domain Sherpa, who knows what what would have happened, which direction it would have gone, and then uh, certainly appreciative of the direction that you all are taking it. Um, you, JT, team, so yeah. Yep, yeah, I definitely don't do this alone, so shout out to the whole Media Options team. They're doing great work over there. Yeah. One last question, non-domain related. NFT world, like, what what is ETH at today? Uh... What is it at? About 2,700, 2,800, 2,700, 2,600 right now. All right, 2,600, Drew. Here it is. Six months from now, when you and I get back on a show, where will it be? What's your guess? What's your guess? Six months from now is uh, September. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. What I'll say is this. I think Bitcoin will probably be between $60,000 and $74,000 at that time. Ethereum maybe four yeah yeah four to five all right we got her down we got her down on the recording and that's how we're gonna open the next show we're gonna come back to this moment and see we are going to uh do as brayton said in our last domain trip roll the roll the tape back back roll the the tape. tape roll back the tape roll it back so that'll be our next show but drew man i appreciate it so thank you and uh like i said man we'll look forward to touching base later Thanks a lot, brother. All right. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks. And that's all for now. (laughs) 